This is the BA Coach Podcast, episode number 31. Welcome to the BA Coach Podcast, online at thebacoach.com. Helping business analysts take their craft to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new BA or you've been practicing for many years. There is always something we can all do. to take our ba skills and techniques up a notch and now here is your host author blogger musician and ba evangelist yakub mohammed also known as yamo hello mate welcome to another exciting episode of the ba coach podcast so i'm finally back from london after a fantastic and incredible trip I think you know that that's how far I can try to imitate the the British accent. So, yeah, I'm back and and I want to thank the London BA community for being so kind and welcoming. It was truly a joy to be there and teach the CBAP prep course and also be a part of the BA social we had there. It was really fun and and uh very nice to know all the the BA folks out there. I also would like to thank our training partner Metadata Training uh Mike Goodland and Mike Eckersley for being uh so supportive and also helping out you know with the course being co-instructors giving it the ISAB UK flavor and uh, also want to thank all the attendees for being part of London's first CBAB bootcamp it was uh quite the honor for me also to be part of it so and also special thanks uh to Sun Kanmi for flying in from Amsterdam to be part of the boot camp if you're hearing this uh thanks mate and and it does mean a lot uh well i hope you are doing great and uh getting ready to enjoy the upcoming festive season in today's episode you will hear a fantastic ba interview with uh, Teresa Bennett host for the analystcoach.com Um this episode today is really an interesting and an exciting one cuz you know it's all about focusing on being fearless and bold and treading forward with with passion and uh, you know as part of this you will learn tips about improving your communication skills as a BA how to use virtual meeting tools effectively how to manage heavy workload power tips on list making and uh, we also talk a little bit about the importance of certifications and and what's the right time to do it and so forth and and also uh, uh an interesting take on why elicitation is so neglected uh, by BAs in general and what we can do about it but before we get to all this uh exciting stuff here's how she started her journey to becoming a BA I started out in IT about 20 years ago and it actually as a QA person. So I did software testing for about 10 years and then I had the opportunity to move into a business analyst role. And I really was very comfortable with that. I had done some of that work as a QA person when it, you know, wasn't 
there wasn't an official title for business analyst way back then. And uh, a lot of the work that I did as a QA even included um, traveling to uh, service centers and interviewing people and, you know, talking about requirements and enhancements that they'd like to see all really more related to BA work than QA work. So when I got that opportunity to move into that, I felt very comfortable with it. And I felt like, you know, it was just a perfect fit and I would love doing it. And I did love doing it. And I loved the opportunity to get away from um, the testing as a full-time um, job. I do uh, still test, especially when people find out that I have a testing background. I very frequently get asked to do uh, both roles, a BA and a QA role. But, um, you know, when I started out with the BA role, I was very excited about it and I thought this will be great and perfect and I do love it, but it was challenging in the beginning. I, I thought it was going to be this breeze, but, um, you know, there were there were challenges along the way. So it was, it's been interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly talk about all the challenges and uh, draw out all the experience that you have. So, you said uh, you kind of liked doing it when you traveled and talked to people and such. So I'm kind of getting an inkling of why you like it. So let's hear it from you. <laughs> I am definitely a people person and mm. uh, I do enjoy talking to people. I uh, am able to make people feel at ease mm. and uh, comfortable with, you know, supplying the information that I need. So uh, that part of it is probably my favorite part of the job, just being able to interact with everybody. And, you know, I like the idea of taking the um, business person's need and helping to transform that and, and meet mm. their, their requirements for that. So mm. it's, um, you know, it gives you a good feeling at the end of the day when you can say, wow, I, I helped them resolve this issue they were having. Mm. So, I, so I do like that part of it. So do you happen to recall the first time you did this and how did you feel? Um, you know, I don't recall the first time I did it, but I can tell you a, an experience probably about seven years ago. I uh, was working at um, uh, in the cable industry and an application that we were deploying to customer service centers across the U.S. Um, was to help reduce call handle time, um, put the information in front of the customer service rep that they needed all in one application instead of looking at several different ones. And um, they were, at every servicing center, we just got so much feedback when we would go into requirement sessions, um, and we did do that with every servicing center. They used different billing systems, and there were different requirements. And when we were able to launch that application and give it to them, they were all completely astounded and so excited to be using it. And this is not coming from the management, but the actual customer service reps sitting there on the phone you know, taking the calls, they were like, wow, you don't know how much easier you have made my job. Nice. So they really, uh, really appreciated what we were able to do there for them. Awesome. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So um, I know you just said cable. So uh, yes. I'm kind of interested <laughs> to know what other domains you worked on and uh, what happened to be your favorite domain? I have worked in um, banking, mm -hmm. um, warehouse management, cable, power delivery, um, non-banking financial, mm -hmm. uh, 
and I would say I'm thinking back to what my favorite is and I would actually honestly probably say the cable because it was not something that I knew before you know finance and banking kind of go together so mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things in that that were similar mm-hmm. and with the cable it was completely different and uh, just really really interesting stuff especially around you know if you most of us li- either like watching TV or watching movies or Everybody uses the internet, you know, all of those, um, all of the things that I learned about how all of that works and the different functions and, you know, just everything that goes together with it was very interesting. So, I really enjoyed that. Power delivery, of course, also completely different, but um, I, it's a, there's not that excitement there that there is with the cable. <laughs> nice. So, uh, did you happen to get any free cable service for a year or two? You know, I did have free cable service for several years. <laughs> oh, nice. See, that kind of explains it. <laughs> yes, that does kind of help with the uh, the excitement there for that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I understand why. <laughs> Nice. So, what is your favorite kind of uh, BA project to do? Like, you know, in terms of uh, the actual kind, like process improvement or right. migration and such? I would say definitely process improvement. I've worked on a couple of uh, migration projects and uh, some other things, but the I really get that kick out of... Um, you know, helping to improve things. So mm. the uh, the process improvement is um, is probably my favorite. Nice. Why? You know, uh, it's just that it's taking something and making it better. Mm. You know, there's always, always room for improvement. And that's with, you know, software, people, everything. You know, you always, you always have, have room for improvement. Mm. And I like being a part of that and, um, you know, just helping to make things better. Yeah, and I think you also kind of get that sense of creating something or bringing something into existence, right? Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Teresa, the next segment in our podcast is what we call as the CAP segment, where we talk about uh, challenges faced by business analysts, advancement tips, and productivity tips that you may have to share with the community. All the BAs face a lot of challenges. So, what were some of your key challenges and, and how did you overcome them? Um, I, I'd like to start out telling you just a little story in the um, my cable background. Uh-huh. You know, we went to those uh, different call centers and talked to them and gathered requirements, and then we were going back out to roll the application out once it was developed. And uh, over time, we were making updates to it, of course, because it was a brand new application. So lots of lots of updates and enhancements along the way. Mm. And we had a servicing center in Texas that was. Um, they, they were hesitant on uh, taking the application and using it in their call center. And we had gone there to have a meeting with them to um, help them understand, you know, why, why they should use that application. And one of the vice presidents that we were talking to said that he didn't know if it made sense for us to create the software. He said, you know, we're a cable company. Shouldn't we just buy, you know, some software that's off the shelf instead and, you know, maybe make a few changes and... I explained the need for the customized software and uh, the fact that it would work with multiple billing systems and, you know, just really explain the features to him that he would be getting with it. And then I also wrapped up by reminding him that we had an excellent IT team and the guys running the cable were not the ones writing the code. 
So, you know, sometimes you just have to, um, you just have to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's times when you need to, you know, be, be discreet and, you know, and then there's other times when you just got to put it out there. And yeah. uh, we ended up getting them to agree to, you know, take the application and then they loved it when they started using it. Nice. So uh, the challenge there you faced was that of convincing them? Yes, it was really around walking into a room of people that um, probably only had us there to talk to us because somebody told them they had to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then walking out with their agreement oh. that, you know, they would give it a try. Nice. So if you had to give one tip just to do something that you did in this scenario that our BS could use tomorrow, what would that be? You know, uh, communication skills is really key, in, especially in a situation like that. Mm. And I would say, in, in the one tip is be bold. Mm. You know, it, don't don't be afraid. You mm -hmm. know, let let them know. Be confident in yourself, and and be confident about what you're asking them to use. Mm. Nice. I think that's that's an awesome tip there. So, uh, what other challenges did you face in your career? Or, you know, as a BA, I mean, I'm sure right. you faced a lot of challenges. <laughs> you probably so, need like a series of podcasts for that, but some other key challenges. I would say one of the things over the last few years that's more recent is um, everyone working remote. You know, there's a lot of teams that are split up that don't work together or uh, people that work remotely. So you may have some of the team together, but not all of the team, and especially when it comes to a project team. So you may have your IT team in one area and your business team in another. So that has, of course, created a lot of need for um, virtual meetings, uh, conference calls, that type of thing. And, um, you know, it's kind of learning a different skill. When you're in, in a room and you're gathering requirements from people, you can read body language. You can, you know, there's a little bit more play back and forth. Uh, when you're on the phone, it's a little bit more difficult to get that, that you know, that you would normally have in person. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I can say that live meeting has become one of my best friends. So uh, using that a lot and just really learning to be comfortable on the phone and, um, you know, understanding that 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 is the position, that's where it's at, and you've got to do your best to get it over the phone when you can't be in person. Nice. So if our BAs could take take away something from this, and especially in scenarios where they're working remotely, what advice would you give them? Like you said, you know, be comfortable with the phone and uh, you know, start using more live meeting and, uh, and similar tools. Right. And then along with that, I would say one of my best tips to give people is to write down, make sure you're taking attendance at the meeting and then write down the names of the people that are speaking. Don't, I always ask people at the beginning of the meeting until I get to know the voices, you know, announce who you are before you start talking. So, you know, this is Terry, blah, 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 go into what you're saying so that, you know, everybody on the phone knows who's speaking. Okay. Rather than having to guess at it. So. Okay. So before you speak, you know, just say the name kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What else do you face as a, as a bulldozer that stops your work? 
I would say <laughs> workload. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one, yes. And uh, what I tell my clients is two things around that, really. Don't be afraid to say that you don't have the bandwidth right now to take on another project. Uh -huh. But don't say that and not have a solution, too. J you can't just say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, I can't do that. It's better to say, hey, I don't have the bandwidth right now, but next week I'll have some time free up. You know, come up with a solution rather than just saying, I can't do it. And then the other half of that is don't be afraid to take the assignment. You know, don't be afraid to stretch yourself and take on a little bit more work. Hmm. So it's just don't be afraid. Yeah, it is. Hmm. It is. Interesting. Be confident in your abilities and know what your limitations are as well. So don't take on more if you know that you can't, but, uh -huh. you know, don't be afraid to take it too. Nice. I'm kind of seeing a pattern here, Teresa. You said, you know, be bold, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it is a, it's a huge part of being successful. And when mm. you're a BA and you're working with a lot of different people and a lot of your job is around communicating, you have to be able to uh, put yourself out there and, and not be afraid of mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of career advancement, Teresa, um, what are some of the things that you've done to take your career to the next level, uh, maybe as a consultant or as an employee? Some tips that our BAs could use. I would say volunteer for things outside of your comfort zone. So, you know, don't block yourself into your job description. If you see other things in your area, in your group that you're interested in, and they have absolutely nothing to do with your job, speak up and say you're interested in doing them. Um, you know, I think that it's important to show that, uh, you know, you have a skill set that is varied and especially in, um, you know, the current economic times, it's a lot of the companies are looking for people that can do dual ro roles. Um, you know, sometimes a, a technical co coordinator is also a developer, a BA is also a QA, a test coordinator is also a test analyst. There's a lot of, you know, things going on like that where the companies are, you know, trying to get a bigger bang for their buck. And one of the ways to show that you are a valuable employee is to volunteer for other activities. And it also helps increase your skills for your resume. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just uh, just a thought, like, you know, if somebody has a big workload already, so uh, I'm just thinking out loud, how can they, you know, go out and volunteer? It's almost like suicide, right? <laughs> well, you know, it just depends on how much you want to do it. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to go back for just a second to when I started out as a QA person, because it's a clear example of this right here. Um, I was working um, at a financial company, a student loan company, and uh, I worked in a data analyst position in a group that um, had to do with analyzing loan data so just a lot of a lot of looking at data all day and there was a specific function that I did in that group along with that uh, we had just started doing electronic funds transfers between lenders and banks and I was the only person that did that in the company I set up the profiles for all the schools and all the lenders and kind of got that EFT thing working because I was the only person that used that 
application, every time the development team made a change to it, they would come to me and ask me to test it. So what I started doing, I was working my regular data analyst job every day from seven to four. And I would leave there and I would go over to the development area and I would work over there with them for another two to three hours every day. And I did that for several months. And then they had a QA job open and I applied for it and I got it because I'd already been doing the job. So I I saw that as a perfect end for me. I thought this is, I enjoy doing this and I want to get in here and this is how I know I can do it. Nice. So volunteer for something that you enjoy doing. Right. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, people can consider additionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Then, so what are some of the other tips you have for career advancement? You know, as a consultant, which is, you know, you have to, it's a little different from being an employee. As a consultant, you really need to be able to walk into your different uh, companies that you're working at and pick up on the business practice immediately. Mm. You know, they expect people to be able to hit the ground running, and I'm so tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've just heard that so much. Oh, but, yeah, it's cliched. Um, yes. So, you know, but that that is what they want. So, you know, when you're coming in, like, for example, if you go from uh, banking to, uh, you know, cable, those are two completely different things, and you need to be able to pick up that business quickly. So, um, the and the and then it, when somebody says, "How do you pick up the business quickly?" It's really the most boring way in the world, and that is reading, reading, reading. Read all the material you can get your hands on. Ask all the questions you can ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Get the information because if you're immediately assigned to a project, you've got to start getting some sort of understanding of how the business works. So how do you quickly assimilate something when you walk in as a consultant? How do you do it? Uh, you know, it's really, I, th- I guess it's really related to past experiences and just being able to um, feel comfortable talking to people. So, you know, at the end of the day, even though there's different types of software and different things that the software is doing, what you're, what you are trying to accomplish for each of those things is generally the same thing, right? Mm, yeah. You, it, so it's just kind of taking that, that look at it and not, not letting yourself be freaked out because you don't know the business. <laughs> so, you know, even with going from um, financial to power delivery, like I had no clue what transformers or line sensors or, you know, any of those kind of things were. And people would bring them up. I would just say, hey, can you explain to me what, what is that or what does that do or how does that fit into this picture? Like, does it go on the pole or does it go <laughs> on the ground? Or, you know, yeah. I just have to ask the questions. Nice. So you ask uh, a lot of questions. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. So what else, Teresa? I think that um, the other thing that you can do, and everybody hears this, I know, but um, certification is also um, important. However, I will say that I think it's important after you have some experience. I think getting the, um, if you don't have any BA experience and you have a certification, Mm -hmm. 
an employer is still going to hire somebody else, most likely, that has the experience that may not have the certification. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Certification is really to kind of back it up and say, so not only do I have the experience, but I understand the process and everything that goes in it. Yeah, it's like icing on the cake. Exactly, exactly. So I I feel that that's where that fits in best is after you get some experience and then, you know, you want to kind of take yourself up to the next level. Nice. So go for certification when it makes sense. Right. Exactly. We talked about, you know, workload and volunteering. So when you combine these two things, we definitely need to be super productive. (laughs) Yes. Right. So what are some of your productivity tips for RBAs? So my first one is do the work. Uh Uh, do not procrastinate. We mm. all have that, you know, natural urge to procrastinate. So mm. um, that's the just the simple way to put it. Just do the work. Get in there, concentrate, focus, do the work. Don't put it off to the end of the day. Don't say, I'm going to do this after, you know, I go get coffee. You know, just there's the constant excuses that you can make to delay getting started or to Mm -hmm. finish something so Mm -hmm. you really have to recognize in yourself when you are procrastinating and just get it done i find that i work best early in the morning Mm. Uh, i am up at five like a little old lady i'm in bed at nine (laughs) (laughs) and i do absolutely my best work by 11 or 12 o'clock and that's not to say I don't get work done after that, but I can tell a difference myself in my productivity later in the day. So because I know that, I would never be one of those people that goes into work at 9 or 10 and stays until 6 or 7. Mm. You're not going to get anything out of me that late in the day. Mm. So I know that I'm going to do my best and give my best working earlier hours. And luckily, I've been able to do that. So mm. uh, I would say just... Don't procrastinate and do the work. So just, so just do it. Yeah, just do it, really. Yeah. And um, there's actually a book called Do the Work and another one called The War of Art mm. that both of them are really around that basis. And I really, really like those books. Uh, and they're specifically around uh, really writing and, and, and creativity. And you might not think, oh, BA, how's that creative? But... Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to take all that information that you got in those requirement sessions and turn it into, you know, an excellent business requirements document. And exactly. I, I feel like that is being creative. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And I think such a that's such a beautiful point you brought out. I, I, I personally think, you know, business analysts are like artists, right? You have mm-hmm. to, whatever you do is art, essentially, right? So right? You're combining all these elements into something that people can understand and, you know, draw forth. Mm-hmm. I recently had a uh, business person just, um, she told me in two meetings and then she told me personally on a phone call <laughs> how appreciative she was of a business process flow diagram that mm-hmm. I had done. She said, you know, we've wanted that for a long time and this was a current business process flow. They mm-hmm. didn't have it. And she said, you know, 
I can't use Visio. I don't know how to do those things. And she said, I'm just so glad that you put that together. And I'm sending it to our other teams in Indiana and Ohio. And I'm just telling them, here it is, follow this and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that I felt really good about that. I was like, great. Then, you know, this documentation that I'm creating, you know, not only are people actually reading it, but it's useful to people too. And, oh, you yeah. know, it's a great feeling to have when, uh, when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally imagine how that would have felt. So do the work and what else? Um, I've said this a couple other times already, but um, it it helps with the productivity too, and that's the ask questions. Mm. If you are afraid to ask questions or you feel intimidated, um, you're going to hunt, 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 try to find answers to what you need without asking the questions, and you will spend three times as much time doing that as you would if you just asked the question. Mm. So, you know, if you have something you're not sure about, you know, I am one of those people that say, I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I am perfectly okay with saying that. And I think everybody should be, Yeah. Uh, you know, don't say, I don't know. And I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I, you know, need your help in getting the answer. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, my, I had one more for you on the productivity, and everybody knows this, but, mm. I, uh, you know, organization. I'm an organization freak, so mm. I always throw that out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, genuinely, honestly feel like being organized does help you be more productive. Mm. Just organizing your day, knowing what you've got to do. I know I get a lot more done if I make a list. If I skip a day and don't make a list of what I need to do, then I realize, you know, halfway through the day I haven't accomplished you know half of what i wanted to by that point Mm, it helps to keep me in that it helps to keep me from procrastinating and keep me focused yeah absolutely so how do you do it personally uh you know as far as i make uh, some people make lists before the at the end of the day and all that i don't do that Mm. i start out in the morning i write down all of my tasks that i want to accomplish that day I always keep my um, calendar up to date, even with um, personal appointments too, so that I know I've got this time, I need to do this. If I need to schedule a meeting, I don't have to worry about, oops, I forgot, you know, I had that doctor's appointment. Mm. So I keep my business and my personal calendar together as one. Nice. So that, you know, I don't make those kind of mistakes. And then um, the list making is definitely a big thing. And throwing stuff away. (laughs) Yeah, don't have to keep everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the piles of paper. Don't don't let that accumulate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it looks like, you know, you and I work in a similar way. Awesome. So um, we talked about certification and, you know, when I think of certification, I think of BABOC. (laughs) So uh, what happens to be your favorite area from uh, BABOC and and why? You know, this is probably going to come as a complete surprise. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Felicitation. (laughs) You know, the... Uh, talking to people, being able to get those requirements out of people, that is an art in itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that is an area that I think a lot of BA struggle with. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, 
great information to have that seems to get glossed over a lot in basic training uh, that you know that you get on jobs so yeah yeah absolutely so what's the struggle teresa you know i think that uh part of it is the the confidence or lack of confidence when um, talking to people. Mm -hmm. Part of it is being nervous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in this, I remember, you know, one of my first requirement sessions, I walked in a room and it was, you know, 25 people and I didn't know there were going to be that many people there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a little, a little nerve wracking, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And part of it is, um, you know, again, with everybody being expected to do dual ro roles and that type of thing, mm. you know, you're expected as the BA to, you know, uh, facilitate the meeting, take meeting minutes, you're mm. talking to everybody, you're getting the requirements, you're getting them to open up, you're, you know, asking them why when they tell you they need something, you're, you know, you're trying to capture all of that information and, and keep everybody engaged at the same time. Um, you know, all of those are challenges to doing that um, elicitation. And I think that if, um, you know, people spend a little bit more time on that and understood that there's different ways to do it, um, you know, it would, it would definitely help them in their jobs. You know, a lot of people don't even think about observation being a way of elicitation. And I used that so much in that um, software that we were developing at the cable company for the um, customer service reps, I would go sit with them and just watch them, just sit beside them, watch them take calls, watch what they had to do, you know, and ask them, you know, I, I usually didn't even have to ask. They would just say, oh, I hate this part or this takes long or, you know, they process an order. Somebody wants cable. Great. They want phone and internet too. 45 minutes later, you're off the phone with them. This is why oh. everybody hates the cable company, right? So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, just understanding that process and where their pain points were at, I think that I got more out of that from observing them doing that than I did in the, the meetings when we were talking through the requirements. Cool. So, it's just understanding that there's other ways to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, try uh, try to mix tools and, you know, it's it's not always uh, the same way, right? So Right, right. Awesome. So, wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit about uh, the BA practice or capability in your organization, like in terms of you know um, how mature it is and also how it is perceived by the management and you know or in general. So, most of the companies that I've worked at have used the uh, followed the software development lifecycle process, mostly using the waterfall methodology. Some have used the agile, um, and for the most part, the business has always recognized the need and the value that the business analyst um, provides to the project team. There have been times that um, I have felt a little resistance at first, <laughs> but you know, once you really start talking to them and getting them to really understand that you are, what you are doing is, is you're doing something to make their life better. So, um, you know, it's to, you know, make something easier for them at work. It's to remove a pain point in a process, you know, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you're bringing it out to them that, you know, this is to help you and show them how you're helping them, not just tell them that because they're not going to care to hear that. They want to see how you're going to help them. So, for the most part, they are, um, you know, usually, you know, understand that, that it's a value add to the project. And I definitely have seen that um, on the IT side of things, 
that the development team also recognizes that need. I worked at a company, a small company, the uh, warehouse uh, supply chain logistics uh, software company that I worked at. They were a very small company and were really just starting out. And they had they had developers, they had salespeople, they didn't have any BAs and they didn't have any QA staff. Mm. And um, the developers were just so excited, <laughs> to, you know, to get some help with that because they were trying to fill that role. And, you know, that's not that's not for a developer to do. And that's not generally the mindset that they have. So mm. it was a struggle for them to, you know, to do that. So they were definitely um, thankful and pleased to have, you know, some help in that area. And I have generally seen that at, you know, every company that I work at, that the the developers definitely are appreciative of the work. Nice. So you've seen a general positive trend. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> nice. So, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about um, uh, the analyst coach and maybe a little bit of background on how you started it and how you kind of, uh, you know, came into it. Okay. I um, had done some training, uh, like at the cable company with that new software that we put out. Mm. Uh, There were just uh, some opportunities throughout my career to either do training or assist with training. I also did uh, things called town halls and demos of applications, that type of thing. And always got a lot of compliments and was told, oh, you'd make a great trainer. And And, you know, I thought about that and I thought it would be really fun to do. But when I started looking into that, I thought, you know, I really don't want to be a corporate trainer where you get told, you know, go to go out and train on this or go out and, you know, do this. I wanted to I wanted to be more specific than that. And it finally hit me. (laughs) Really, I enjoy doing my job. So why don't I, you know, help other people that either are struggling or want to know how to do this job. So that's really how um, how that came about and how I decided to start the analyst coach. And, you know, my my true mission with that is, you know, I, I want to help other people be just exci- as excited about that job as I am. I want them to enjoy going to work every day. I want them to know that they have room in their career to advance and, you know, that they have a lot of opportunities to them and a lot of different things that they can do throughout their day to be productive and just enjoy their jobs. So, so, so it's in a sense, it's, it's just a short energy transferring exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client that actually went from being a support analyst at the company he worked at to a business analyst. It was within his own group. Um, I think they they had an opening. He applied for it. So he didn't have any BA background at all. But, you know, like I said, he'd been in the group for several years. They knew he was a good worker. And they decided, you know, we'll we'll take the chance and, you know, train you, what have you, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. He called me and he's like, um, yeah, I don't have a clue what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got some requirements and I need to write a BRD and I just don't know how to do it. And, okay. you know, I was able to walk him through that. And that that was great for me and great for him. Like he just felt so relieved uh-huh. once he, you know, understood what he needed to do. Awesome. Pretty cool. So, I mean, as a part of this uh, podcast and the blog post, I will, I will put out the link for the analyst coach. Is there anything else that you want to relay out to the community, uh, Teresa? Uh, you know, I would just like to say that, you know, if you are passionate about your job and uh, you love what you do, then, you know, 
stick with it and even when you're frustrated find find the things in your job that you like to do and do more of those things and if there are points that you either aren't comfortable with or you are frustrated with or you don't know how to do then you know get the help you know me Mm. you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anybody yeah yeah, ask anybody for help because you would be amazed at how many people are willing to help you and you know i do a free newsletter that i put out every week i do the blog posts i do you know i have my coaching services that i sell but they're very cheap and um my books i try to keep them as cheap as possible too because my point is not you know i'm not trying to you know make the most money possible i'm trying to disseminate the most information as possible so for sure yeah yeah. i want people to to i want people to be able to get what they need to you know be happy in their jobs yeah absolutely and i think we all can recognize that intent uh and uh be appreciative of all the work that you've done to the community theresa so at this point, I want to thank you for taking the time out and being part of the show. I really, really appreciate it. It was really uh, a pleasure to be talking to you and hearing all the experience that you've had. Thank you. It was great talking with you too. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and, and took all the tips to overcome your challenges, how you could advance uh, you know, as a BA and, and how you can be more productive which I believe is going to be a big focus in the new year, right? Because companies are trying to do uh, more with less, you know, productivity is going to be a big focus, uh, you know, in my viewpoint. So go ahead and try them today or tomorrow at work. And I also would like to remind you about the free ebook, The Five Pillars of a Great BA, which you can download uh, for free over at www.freebagift.com. Well, that's it from me for this episode, folks, and uh, I will see you on the BACoach.com. Bye for now.